sick. Bashiana. Medical disclaimer. The advice that I'm sharing is based on my years of experience as a licensed massage therapist. The advice and information given are intended for educational and informational purposes only. While the advice and information provided may be useful to those with and without specific health conditions, the information provided is not intended to be a substitute for medical treatment. Please consult your medical care provider before acting on any information presented here. Thank you. Welcome back to Who You Call in Holistic. I'm your host, Shiana. And today's guest and I had a conversation about the hardest thing she's ever done. And after that conversation, it really made me think, like, well, what the, what's the hardest thing you've ever done? And, I mean, I, I'm sure I got a list. But at the very top of the list, I must say, the hardest thing that I've ever done was my own damn thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because in this world, you know, we're very much taught you should do things a certain way to achieve success in life. And it's not the same for everybody. It's not the same roadmap at all. So shout out to you if you are out there taking the road less traveled. Um, Because it can be a difficult one because it's not already paved, right? And you're paving it yourself. So you know, just keep tapping in the the resources that are around you and be open to receiving them. And I mean, that's, that's my input because that's for sure what got me through it. (laughs) And uh, the more you're open to receiving the help with paving your own road, then the easier it gets. Our guest today, Keyshawn, I can also call her a pioneer. She definitely is one who took the road less traveled and is continuously doing her own thing and continuously living her truth. So anyway, I hope you enjoy this chit chat. And if we were at church, Sister Sierra has just performed Level Up and has called to the front Keyshawn to share her testimony. So let's get into it. Hey! (laughs) I will say, um... You're my first guest that came with a, a soundtrack entrance situation. I like, I like a little intro music. I, I like it. I'm here for it. Welcome to Who You Call in Holistic. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm here with Keyshawn. Welcome, Keyshawn. And uh, before we started, I asked you what, what title I should give you, what I should introduce you as. So, um. Did you think on that at all? <laughs> I did, I did. So I'm Keyshawn Graves and I am a philanthropist. I am a daughter. I am a friend. I am a mentor. I am here to speak. <laughs> I love it. Thank you for coming. And you also said, I really liked the phrase that you chose for this. You were like, ooh, you're stretching me. Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. I like that, like, or maybe that wasn't the phrasing. Yeah, well, no, it was. So okay. the, the reason why identifying, putting, your, putting, putting a label on me is stretching me is because I've always been so wrapped up in identifying who I am in a title. And so I tried not to label myself. I tried to have that be a, a part of me, but not 
who I am. So when I introduce myself, I try not to introduce myself by what I do, mm-hmm. but introduce myself by the, all the things that I do, the, mm-hmm. the facets of things that I do. I'm not just a mentor. I'm not just a business owner, entrepreneur. I'm not just uh, someone who still has a corporate job and I'm a actual corporate mentor. I'm not just that. I'm, I'm so many more. So this was stretching me to actually put me in a box. And I guess, I guess I didn't let you stretch me really. That, <laughs> I still, no, and I, I love it. And like, you know, if anything, I'm here for like people understanding that you don't have to have just one title. And that's the thing. Like, so, cause now I'm Reiki master teacher, licensed massage therapist, podcast host. Like you don't have to have just one. Exactly. And you can have more than one skill and use all of them to Mm -hmm. do what you love. Mm -hmm. And you Mm -hmm. are really good at doing what you love. And I applaud you for that. So you, I think of you as, you know, just this, this free spirit. And like, you can see your Instagram photos and see your travels and like all the things that you've done. And you just recently had, I guess, your anniversary of climbing Mount mm-hmm. Kilimanjaro. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was a, a year ago. Okay. What was that? First of all, what made you say, you know what I want to do? <laughs> I want to go in some snow. There was snow, right? But it There's didn't snow. start as snow. Like it was There's- sunny. For- How does that? Yeah. yeah. It's all a bunch of different uh, weather and terrain. So, so actually it came about... Uh, two years prior to the actual climb and I just thought okay I want to travel I want to go somewhere big I've been out the country to places that are close the Caribbean Mexico uh Central Jamaica America, like that why did you make it together Jamaica that was such a great trip <laughs> Shiana. Shiana made me jump off of a 35 foot cliff I didn't anyway. there was not a gun to your head ma'am and I bruised my tailbone so who lost there we, I couldn't sit right for a month. But I couldn't sit right for a month. And, and how, like, nobody believed that I bruised my tailbone. <laughs> Listen, I, I have PT. I've not do, I haven't done it since, let me tell you that. I'm but not anyway. going to either. So I, I was looking, I was trying to figure out where do I want to go. And I always said that if I went somewhere big, I wanted to go to a country in Africa. So I'm looking at Africa, thinking about, okay, it's a large continent, 52 countries. Like, where, what do I do? And I was like, okay, well, what do I like to do? I enjoy climbing. I enjoy hiking. So I'm like, okay, what's the tallest mountain in Africa? And I'm like, okay, uh, Kilimanjaro. It's in Tanzania. I'm like, okay, is this something that someone with, with my level of expertise, which is not expert level, let me tell y'all, <laughs> is this something but you that hike. Me, I I hike. Don't get me wrong. I hike. I climb, but I'm not. You were a black girl living in Utah. Absolutely. I lived in Utah for six years, but I'm not roping down a slot canyon either. So I wanted to make sure that it wasn't going to be anything like that. And it wasn't. So I'm like, okay, you know what? I think I'm going to do it. So did two years worth worth of research, like I said, and that's ultimately how I made up my mind that I'm going to Africa to climb Mount Kilimanjaro and I'm going to take a month off of work and a month away to do it. And you did this alone. And I did, I did this alone. But you know, the crazy thing about climbing Kilimanjaro is that I was a solo traveler. Like I was there by myself, but they don't allow you to climb the mountain alone. So you actually have to have a team. Okay. And you met the team there. Like you didn't know any of these people prior to. 
didn't know anyone prior to outside of the owner of the tour company that I went with. So like I said, two years of research, finally decided that I was going to use this, the tour company that I ended up using and fell in love with the guy, the owner. I felt really taken care of, but he is who introduced me to my team. So I'm going, I'm climbing this mountain for six days with six strangers, <laughs> you know, but um, it was, I am a former collegiate athlete and I, I ran cross country, I ran track, I've been running year round my entire life and climbing Mount Kilimanjaro was literally the hardest thing I've ever done, both mentally and physically. And I'm thankful for my team because they really, they really, they, they empowered me to, to stay steadfast. And what I mean by that is I, I felt like I was going to make it to the top the entire way into the last day. And I felt empowered because my team made me feel like, you know, they were going to do whatever it took to get me to the top, period. So I knew that. But the last day, the summit night, let me tell you about this girl. <laughs> let me tell you about the summit night. So like I said, this is five days the entire way. I mean, we're going- How many miles is this, by the way? So at this point, we're, we're about 28-ish miles okay. into the climb, but we're doing one mile per hour. And With so, snow. And, but the snow is not until the very top. And okay. it's not, yeah, it's okay. not as crazy as, as as we're probably making a sound as far as the snow goes. But there's the first part is the rainforest part. And you're just like trucking through and it's like four hours. You get to the first base camp. You're walking around. It's beautiful. You figure out the strangers that you're going to be staying with. Uh, you go the next day, you go to the next base camp and the terrain is more, uh, it's more, it's less rainforest and more desert. And so now we're climbing through sandy type of terrain and it's open, there's no more trees. So the sun is beating down on you. Mm. At this point, we're beginning to go above the clouds. Anyway, so the, the last night, which was summit night, we get to this base camp and I'm no longer staying in a small cabin with three other people. I'm staying in this one large space with 12 strangers from all over the world. Oh, wow. <laughs> and our, my guide decided that we were going to leave at 11 p.m. at night. And I'm like, listen. To go walk I, through the woods? To walk through, not even the woods. This or, is, no, this, the sun beaming in the sand situation. Exactly. Okay. So the summit is like, I can only liken it to movies when you see Mars or movies when you see the moon. Like it just felt like this rocky crater mountain. You walk up two steps, you fall da back down two steps. Anyway, neither here nor there. He decides we're going to leave at 11 p.m. I tell him, Livingston, I don't want to leave at 11 p.m. That sounds very cold. It's going to be pitch black. And he's like, well, everyone leaves at 11 p.m. That way they can see the sunrise. And I'm like, okay, I'm not necessarily here climbing Kilimanjaro to see the sunrise. Like, I'm climbing Kilimanjaro to make it to the top. So, like, I would like to, to put myself in the place of success potential. And so, like, if, if we can be a little bit warmer because it's freezing at the top. And we're 20 we're at a level of elevation that is not even safe to be there longer than 24 hours. So it's freezing. We're high up. I'm dizzy. I'm like, I don't want to start at 11 PM. So he's like, okay, we'll start at 1 AM. Like, okay, we compromise. compromise. <laughs> we compromise. So everyone else though starts at 11 PM, which will later play with my mindset a little bit, honestly. So we start at 1 AM. It's pitch black. We're literally walking up this sandy mountain and we're, it's switchbacks and we're just going 
miles and hours and hours. And in the first 45 minutes, my water froze, my hands fro were frozen, my toes are frozen. I have on like five layers of pants and clothes. I have hot hands everywhere. My phone froze, so my music stopped. And it was just me and my thoughts. Ooh. And girl. Where were your thoughts? My thoughts, actually, that was the first time that I began to doubt my, my ability to make it to the top. And, and it was hard because as I was beginning to doubt, you know, when you start going down that path of victim mindset, it's like easy to go down that rabbit hole real quick. Yeah. <laughs> like you, have to, you have to check yourself. <laughs> you, do, you have, I always, I always say like, you gotta flip the script, like real quick. If you stop it in the middle real quick, <laughs> real quick otherwise it's it's a downward spiral the whole time so so at this point the the thoughts are creeping in and i'm looking at the people who started at 11 and they're still doing the switchbacks too because we have eight hours of switchbacks that we're doing okay <laughs> and so all i see way up yonder way 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 in the pitch black are these little itty bitty headlamps and it's just like that's where we're going oh my goodness, we're just doing these switchbacks, the Sandy Mountain, I go up two, I'm going down two, and I'm stopping a lot because I'm freezing, I'm trying to take my fingers out of my gloves, I'm trying to ball up my hands, I'm trying to ball up my toes, I'm trying to like find some sources of water. My guy, at this point, he's like, Kiki, because that's what they were calling me, Kiki, people who stop as often as you stop don't make it to the top. Mm. So even though- the word. The Hello? <laughs> Even though they were so encouraging and empowering at the beginning and made me believe truly that I was going to make it to the top, he began to rely on, I guess, the experience that he experiences that he has had in the past too. So he's like, Kiki, people who stop as often as you don't make it to the top and we got to keep going and the elevation is not good for us to be stopping this long. And I'm just like, Livingston. At that point, I realized it's all on me if I really want to make it to the top, it's all on me. And so it was almost instantaneously that I, I made that decision that I was going to make it to the top or die, literally. Like I became obsessed. And with that obsession came this, this mindset and belief work. I went to prayer and, you know, like you can go to whatever you go to, but I went to prayer. And it seemed like when I was praying, like just, I, just help me make it to the top. Uh, like I saw two shooting stars and I had been seeing birds and twos. And I feel like my two guardian angels are my, my grandmothers who have passed. Mm -hmm. And it was just like two shooting stars. And if you can just picture being almost 20,000 feet up above elevation, how beautiful and clear the stars are to yeah. see that sh those two, two shooting stars, all of that empowered me. And, and yeah, my guy kept saying, like, we, are you sure you don't want to turn around? He kept asking, are you sure you don't want to turn around? I kept saying, I'm going to make it to the top. And did actually- you feel like your hands started getting warmer by then? By chance? Like, did things get warmer? No? Nothing got warmer? Just your mindset changed. Nothing got warmer. The water was still frozen. My music was still off. It was still just me and my mindset. But I just made the decision that I was going to make it to the top. And so I was powering through my mindset. We, we, it took us a little bit longer to get 
to the first peak than it took everybody else. As a matter of fact, when we got to the first peak, that's where people start taking pictures and stuff like that. I was like, I don't want to take no pictures. <laughs> we already started late because I wanted to leave at one, not 11. And that, and I'll take pictures on the way down. Like I want to make it to the very top and then we'll come back down. I don't want to take a picture here and th this be it. But at that same moment, and I'm dying, like I'm, I'm dying, I'm beginning to question a piece of my mindset work was just make it to the first peak, honestly. But when I got there, I saw this girl that I had befriended, uh, this, this, she's so friendly, this 19 year old South African who was also solo traveling. And she mentioned that I was like, oh my, she was coming back down. She was coming back down the mountain, first of all. And I was like, like how far? Like I gave her the eye, like, please instill some belief. And sometimes I feel like with your mindset work, you know, a lot of it is powering through on your own, but also finding sources, like putting yourself in the position to find sources of inspiration too. And so I, I looked at her and I was like, please tell me, please tell me that I could do this. <laughs> but you know what she did? She looked and she was like, you've done the worst of it. And that's all I really needed to hear. Like I, it was muffled, but you've done the worst of it. You can do this. And she left and I said, I'm going to keep going. And honestly, when we got to the last part where I could see the sign that you've made it to the top of Uhuru Peak, I ran. My guy was like, no, don't run, don't run. <laughs> but I ran up there and I bawled. I was swollen mm -hmm. from the elevation, swollen mm -hmm. from the lack of freaking water. But when I got up there, I bald like a baby and I didn't think that I was going to have that type of reaction just because I'm not so emotional in that regard but I bawled like a baby just feeling so proud that that I, I did it and not even for the physicality because it was physically so demanding like I'd never been that sore in my entire life but because of the mindset work and because I really didn't give myself any other option but to make it to the top mm. Mm. So do you think, because I think hearing that amazing story, first of all, um, has definitely put you at an advantage for this year, right? Like has 20, has, well, let me ask, has 2020 been a challenge for you? You know, I think that, so I am the type of person that is solution oriented to answer your last question first. I'm solution oriented. So I think that 2020 has been a challenge for, for, for me, absolutely. But I have embraced the challenge and, and allowed it to evolve me. And so one of the biggest things for me, especially at the beginning, was I couldn't figure out my routine. Like my routine was completely thrown off and it was thrown off my working out and it was thrown off my working and it was thrown off my eating. And mm -hmm. I had to just make the decision to like work hard to figure out my, this new quote unquote reality for, mm -hmm. for at least my routine for right now. But also be empowered to know that I am nimble enough to to change routines and figure out a new routine. And I'm nimble enough to know that I, like the routine that I had doesn't have to be the routine that I always have to be right. successful. So it's been, definitely been a challenge, but I've embraced the challenge. But to answer your first question, has Kilimanjaro been an advantage? You know, I don't think that you have to climb Mount Kilimanjaro to feel um, em empowered or capable of getting through, especially all of that we're going through this year, 
I think that though hiking is you can parallel hiking to life so well, so right. well. But that's with anything. Like you can, like if you do do something difficult, do something hard, do something that you've been saying you want to do. Like just acting on those things in the minute level, like not as grand as climbing Kilimanjaro, can have the same effects that Kilimanjaro had on me. Yes. Yes. You just have to take the first step to get the ball rolling. Absolutely. So that could be with eating, like starting to eat better. That can be with your working out. That can be with reading. That can be with your business. Like just taking those steps, literally one step at a time, just like how I got to the top of Kilimanjaro (laughs) is what's going to get us to the top of your proverbial mountain. I didn't know we were coming to church today, but I love it. Hey, I do what I can. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One of the things that I ask my guests and, um, for guests to, or for my listeners to hear is what is your medicine? Mm, I love this question so much. So I mentioned that I am a solution oriented person. And so I try to really go inward to figure out what is the ailment or, or what is the need. And then depending on that is how I choose my medicine. So my medicine is as multifaceted as I am. For me, it could be food medicine. Uh, it, you know, eating clean helps me think better. Right. It helps me have more energy. Uh, you know, it's, it's moving. It's, it's being still. It's sometimes being in isolation when I need to get away from some of the negativity that it just seems like 2020, that's one thing that 2020 has definitely brought up about way more negativity and it's way easier to access. So sometimes isolating myself from that, detoxing, surrounding myself. So my, my medicine is dependent on my need. Mm, I love it. And you did say, which I was like, if I was able to cry, cause you know, Capricorn, and I think I've met my quota recently. Um, but I would have shed a tear, but you told me that you bought cleanse to heal. Yes. Yes. I didn't even know that, that you would like, I didn't even know that you were listening or watching or whatever. Like, I didn't know that you saw that. So I did. And I appreciate that recommendation. So, so, so much. Um, what, um, did, so you started celery juicing from that? Yep. So, so for me, one of the biggest things was I've been having stomach issues my entire life and they still can't figure out why. And so I started just, let me just, let me take a more natural approach. I, I feel like even if you are a quote unquote, like a Ferrari, like you still Mm -hmm. need to get serviced. And so instead of me going to the doctor, which I, I honestly, I had an appointment to my GI specialist. I was like, before I go there, let you me had try. a GI specialist already. Like that's okay. how, okay. Yep. For my entire, listen, since you I was in 11, it. 11 years old, crazy. Yeah. So I was like, let me try some holistic. So I, I, I purchased that book by Anthony William, Cleanse to Heal by your recommendation and started doing celery juicing, started doing my hot honey lemon water every morning started taking mindfulness walks. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when I also started eating more clean too. And let me tell you, like, I really haven't, this, this, the catalyst for this was a week's worth of having stomach spasms that lasted hours at a time. And I haven't had any of those since. 
Yay. Meditation, been meditating. So what's meditation like for you? Do you do a walking meditation typically? Because I know you like to move. Like you like to move. I know you like to move. I like to move, but for me, because I like to move, I actually for my meditation practice, I like to be still. Okay. Um, so I like to be still. I like to uh like try to bring in the positivity that I need for the day and try to release any of the negative thoughts and negative thinking. Sometimes I think about a guy in my, in my, literally in my brain, like with the hose going through and like washing it. <laughs> like pressure washing? <laughs> pressure washing my brain, you know? So, you know, for me, it's allowing me to think more clearly. Um, I, I call my morning routine being selfish. I, I call it being generously selfish. And so by me taking that time to be still and envision and, and just think it allows me to be more generous throughout the day. I agree. I always like, cause you know, I work in the field of like helping, helping take care of other people, but also teaching them how to take care of themselves as far as self-care with massage, but also that mindset. Um, and I always say like, you can't pour from an empty glass you have to fill yours first or like you're gonna run out of gas all the time yep 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 even if you're a ferrari you still need gas. (laughs) even if you're a tesla you still gotta get that charge up you still gotta get that charge up (laughs) um so as far as holistic living because i see you definitely do that what is your secret for this success mindset that you are amazing with? Mm, That's a really great question. I think that the secret, and I don't even know if it's a secret because I feel like I've been sharing it in bits and pieces all throughout this conversation, but it is my obsession with believing that I am supposed to be all that I'm meant to be and that everything that happens for me is meant to happen for me and I'm meant to be victorious. I'm meant to use it to, to be my message. I'm, 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 I'm meant to use it to inspire other people to get through their mess when I go through my mess. And so I think that it's just really being obsessed with believing that and, and it's an unwavering obsession there is nothing that you can say that you can do there's no amount of social media there's no amount of propaganda that can make me believe otherwise and i think that that belief is what keeps my mindset quote the positive yeah i love it thank you for this thank you for this church service today thank you and for those that are listening that might want some coaching with their life <laughs> where can they find you i'm on instagram and it's k-e-i-c-h-u-n-g-r-a-v-e-s at Keyshawn graves and yeah find me on instagram follow me i'll have some more stuff coming soon yay i love to see it <laughs> thank, thank you, you again for- this was fun thank- yes i i agree because again i didn't know that we were coming to church shut up girl you were so silly <laughs> Just saying, this is how I get my church. Like when I hear these things, I'm like, you know what? My friend actually, Chase, he was telling me not too long ago that your story may be the Bible that the only Bible that some people read. And that's why it's so important for us to share 
our messages and our testimonies and mm-hmm. and share because you're right you're saying that this is the moment that you come to church hey come to th- let this be your church if you're listening let this be your church like you don't have to allow society to dictate what church looks like for you but also make sure that you're sharing your mess and sharing your messages because your story may be the only story the only bible that some people read mm-hmm. yes but that's what like I'm telling my guests when they're like, well, this worked for me, but like, I don't know that I want to talk about it because I'm not like a professional with it. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't know who's listening. Like your story might help that one person that has tried everything, but what you, what you suggest, like, exactly. they tried everything. And one story can change a lot of, a lot of mindsets, a lot of people's lives. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I appreciate you for letting me share mine. Yes. And I feel like we got to have you, we, me, we, we got to have you on here again at some point. because We're speaking prophetically, baby. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) We are clearly not the only ones in here right now. Um, Yeah. Thank you. Here we go again. That sounds like some shit Shiana says. We do not live in scarcity. We live abundantly. And... By that, I mean, um, I remember seeing a post a while back about Rihanna and when she decided to create Fenty and she released Fenty around the same time that the Kardashians released their products, right? And she still made a shit ton of money and she still was a worldwide success with it. And she's just, you know, one example of it. But I think we get told, you know, there's not enough, there's not enough, there's not enough so often that it gets drilled into our heads that there's never enough. There's never enough time. There's never enough um, resources. There's never enough support. And it's, that's a lie. (laughs) There's so much support. There's so much love. There's so many resources. You just have to be open to receive them and expect them. That's all. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Who You Call on Holistic. Stay tuned for next week's episode where I'll have a guest discuss her Reiki experience and how it helped her with a stomach issue that the doctors couldn't quite figure out. Remember to meditate and hydrate. You can find me on Patreon where you can subscribe for a monthly meditation. There's also monthly Reiki sessions available on there as well. And if you wish to have a full Reiki session one-on-one, you can schedule one of those under my link tree on my Instagram page, and you can follow me at instagram.com slash Shiana. Enjoy the rest of your week. I hope you are registered to vote. If you haven't, get on it, and I will catch you guys next time. Take care.